0: The question I'd like to pose to us today is, what difference does the resurrection make to you? What difference does the resurrection make to you? And uh, my guess is, all of us, if we went around this room, would probably have slightly different but similar answers, and a lot depends on uh, where we stand and whether or not we believe that the resurrection actually happened. Um, So, I guess if we did a big scale, on one scale, there'd be those people who just, just at this point in time, just do not believe that the resurrection happened. And then there'd be on the other side, where many of us here would sit, where we believe in the resurrection and the power that we are, I mean, I believe now, I'm standing here in the power of the resurrection. i tell you something, if I was standing here in my own power. I would have been out of that door a long time ago. I sat there in that seat there, as nervous as could be, saying, God, I just can't get up there. But then we sang that song, Christ alone, how we stand in the power of the resurrection, and I knew I could come up here and share that passion uh, with you. And then there's many of us, too, um, and there may be people here who stand somewhere in the middle of that scale. And that's okay too because, you know, we read in that passage that Hillary read to us this morning about what happened there was somebody called Cornelius. He was a Roman centurion. that story that we read this morning from the Bible was said about 35 years after Jesus' resurrection. And a Roman centurion was there in Caesarea uh, Philippi. And um, he saw the Jewish people around him all worshipping a God that he didn't know. And while he was there, he began to explore and think, I wonder if there's anything in this God that these Jewish people actually worship. And so he started to do what they did. They prayed at three o'clock in the afternoon. And so he thought he'd have a go. I'll pray at three o'clock in the afternoon. And see what happens to a God I'm not sure if he even exists. And I'm sure there's people sitting here today who are not even sure whether or not God exists or not. But they believe perhaps that there's somebody bigger out there than they are. And so Cornelius went and prayed. And he saw a vision. A vision of a man in shining white saying to him, Send to Joppa, which would be like us saying, hey, send to Chippenham. <laughs> send to Chippenham for uh, Peter, who is in the house of the Tanner. Well, it probably wouldn't be a house of a Tanner there. I can't think what people in Chippenham do work wise, like, But uh, 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 shopkeeper or a shopkeeper, uh, uh, I think they work in the railways, and they work in not of tech in Chippenham. So send to the, the techie. In Chippenham, because there you will find Peter and ask Peter to come here and explain to you about God. And so Cornelius did exactly that, he sent and got Peter to come and explain. And the bit that Hilary read to us is him, is Peter explaining about who Jesus is and about the resurrection. And this morning, because it's Easter, I thought I'd pick out three E's for us all to be able to perhaps remember this morning. And the the first E that I want to look at uh, this morning from that story is that the resurrection is for everyone. You know, wherever you sit on that huge scale, whether or not you believe or you don't believe, The resurrection is for everyone. And that's the first thing that Peter says to them. He says that God shows no favoritism; He accepts people from every nation. He says that right at the beginning of that passage. And then at the end of the passage, Hilary read, um, he sums up by saying, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness through his name. Perhaps the best passage known in the Bible, the best verse, uh, not necessarily the best verse, but perhaps the most well-known verse, although I think it is probably the best verse in the Bible. Um, We all have our favourites, don't we? It's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he sent his son Jesus that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus was sent for the whole world It's an opportunity for everyone. And we're told in the Bible that at the end of time that everyone under heaven, under the earth, and on the earth, that every knee will bow to Jesus at the end of time. So the first E is for everyone <laughs> the second E is evidence <coughs> well we can all say it was okay for Peter I mean he was there you know on that first Easter Sunday he met with Jesus so easy for him isn't it to believe that Jesus rose from the dead he didn't just see him once he saw him on teen times so it was easy for him but you know, Cornelius now is 35 years after that event. You know. um, so it's not quite the same evening, or is it? But what about us 2,000 odd years later? Is it easy for us on that evidence? Well, first of all, there's a lot more witnesses now than there were on that first Easter Sunday. Millions and millions and millions, and we're told that there's two thousand, was it two thousand uh, whatever the figure that matter figure that the Rogers gave, there's even more witnesses now. So there's all the witnesses that were there. But what happens if so many billion and million and billion witnesses over two thousand years perhaps a We're told in that passage that all the prophets spoke about the resurrection. And I would challenge anybody to look and to read in God's Word at how he predicted that Jesus would come. And there's over 300 prophecies that there are in the Bible that actually point to Jesus and point to his resurrection. this week and um, I have got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books and as I was putting all my books on my bookshelf um, one fell on the floor and it's this one, I didn't even know I had uh, The Evidence for Christ Um, and I picked it up and uh, had a quick flick through it and I felt one saying to me there's somebody here in this church, today yeah, who this. I don't know who you are, uh, but anyway, if you want to take it away, or it could be somebody on Zoom, you know, uh, uh, it fell off my bookcase and I didn't even know I had it, so <laughs> it's obviously looking for a, a new home that goes through the evidence. And that's another sermon in its, in its own right, and I'm not going to go through the evidence this morning. But there certainly is evidence there. But what I will say is this. I don't know how many of you uh, are ever tempted when a, when, a, when a lake gets frozen to go and stand on it. And you're always told you should never, never go and stand on that lake. Because that ice here in this country is just so thin, isn't it? And you could just fall through it. But the evidence for the resurrection is really thick ice. There are layers and layers and layers of it. Be like Jesus and have a look at the evidence and see where it takes you. Do an alpha course, look in the Bible, read this leaflet, but don't do nothing don't do nothing and the third is eternal life what difference does the resurrection make to you I want to read uh, just this passage that is written by the Apostle Paul in um, the book of Philippians in a letter he wrote to the churches when he was telling them about what the resurrection meant to him. And this is Philippians 3, verse 8. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ my Lord. I consider it all rubbish, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And I think this is really interesting what he goes on to say here, but more than interesting. Not that I have already obtained all of this. or have already arrived at my goal, But I press on to take hold of that which Christ, Jesus, took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I'm straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which Christ has called me heavenward. Christ has called me heavenward. We know that if Jesus rose from the dead, our resurrection is true that death has been broken and conquered Hallelujah and that death is not the end for us we know that Christ is in heaven at the right hand of God A place for a C.S. Lewis says that this life here is just a dress rehearsal. But the play is yet to come. That this life here is just a warm-up of the football game. But hey, the football game is to come. that this is just a place of preparation. And many of us, including me, have made a bit of a mess of that preparation and a bit of a mess of that warm-up and a bit of a mess of that dress rehearsal probably we have forgotten our words sometimes. But Christ came. That we've done to make us clean, so we can stand in the very presence of God and take that place in heaven. I had a, I had a one of my three children died at birth. What difference does a resurrection make to me? I know that that baby is called Joshua. He's there. God and I will see him one day the Bible tells me that Amen. I know that this body that is beginning to ache and I don't walk as well as I did or run as fast as I did I'm going to get a new one in heaven the Bible tells me that I know it's going to be a place where there's no more weeping Go there. But at the same and I know that at the right time God will take me there. And that just makes such a difference in how we live our lives here. Looking heavenward. I don't know about you, but when you watch the news or listen to it on the TV, it can be really, really quite classic, can't it? You know, you hear of all the injustices in the world. But this passage that we've just read tells us that Jesus is going to judge the living and the dead. We're going to have to give an account of ourselves and justice will be done. the people being martyred for their fame. There's a special place in heaven for the martyrs and the people who have suffered so much. Do they need to really know, don't they? I mean, that's really good for us here. But they really need to know that this is just the dress rehearsal. That this is just a warm-up and there is more to come. I mentioned, I was going to, uh, I moved house this week. It was the busiest week of my life. And when I looked right now, I looked to see that I was preaching this morning. You know, a few weeks ago, I thought, oh God, I can't do this in just this crazy, crazy week, you know, I'm taking my mum up to have jobs in Warwickshire, moving house, everything. And I thought, no, this is what life for me is. It's the resurrection of Jesus, and I can't miss an opportunity to share about that resurrection with everyone here, because we are living in the power of the resurrection, and that is why I'm able to stand here. And in the middle of it, something that has really been very scary. Something that we, nobody really even knows where we're going with it still. Praise God we've got the vaccine. But this pandemic, this pandemic has changed things for everyone. But for us, God's resurrection people, we have the answer to the folks out there who are scared about dying or catching COVID. Yes, we've all got to be very careful. Yes, we've got to do our bit. But one of our bits, you know, as a resurrection people is to share about the fact that life here is not it. We have the answer to this pandemic. And a responsibility. To live it and share it. But we stand in the power of the resurrection to do that. It's nothing that we have done. It's that Christ died and rose again and overcame death. For everyone, the evidence is there. Let's share an eternal life with others. Amen.